0: And to read our passage for today is John chapter 1, uh, 6 through 9. John chapter 1, 6 through 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Father, we want to thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you are here with us and that you love us, Lord God, and that you want us to have peace. You want to counsel us with your words. Lord God, you want to shower your grace upon us here this morning. I pray that you would do that through the power of your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would open our darkened eyes so that we might see the light that is in Christ here this morning. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So... Uh, this morning we're continuing uh, to celebrate Advent, which we just, we just sang that word uh, on the screen, and it simply means uh, the arrival. So we are, uh, during this season in the church, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, looking forward to his soon return, his, his arrival again, uh, and we're doing that uh, in, a seri- in our uh, teaching series, The Good Life, which we are uh, talking about, uh, working our way through the, bo- uh, the book of John the Gospel of John in the Bible. John was one of the 12 apostles. He was one of the the gentlemen that Jesus handpicked to follow him, to be with him, to see his his miracles, to hear his teaching uh, for for three years. And John here in our passage is talking about John. Now, he's not referring to himself in the third person uh, because that would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? I'd be like me saying, Ricky's about ready to tell you about John the Baptist. Well, That would be strange too, which is what I'm going to do. Because uh, that's what uh, John, uh, that's who John was talking about here. John is talking about another John, uh, John the Baptist. Who was John the Baptist? Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jesus definitely loved uh, John the Baptist. Je- uh, John the Baptist was the forerunner uh, for the Messiah. He pre- prepared the way for the coming of Jesus, he, he came in the wilderness of Judea, announcing the uh, coming of the Messiah, and he was baptizing people. Everyone was coming, uh, repenting of their sins, confessing of their, their sins um, uh, at the baptism of John. And uh, John the Baptist was kin to Jesus, by the way. They were related. Yeah, And you know what John said about Jesus? He said, man, I'm not even unworthy to... Untie that man's shoes. Anybody got cousins in here? You all got cousins? I'd say most of you do. Would you say that about any of your cousins? <laughs> They're not in here this morning. Don't, don't, don't worry, you're, you're safe. Yeah, most of us would not say, man, I'm unworthy to tie, untie my cousin's uh, uh, shoes. But John said that about Jesus. So Jesus must have been special, right? He must have been incredible. And this was John's message. John's message was that Jesus was incredible. He's the Messiah, and this is what he wanted everyone to know, right? So I want to start out with a question here this morning. What do you want? What, what do you want for Christmas? This is what we're going to talk about this morning. What, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want during this, this season? This is, this is the first thing we're going to look at here uh, this morning, right? And so if you haven't thought about it, uh, now, is, now is the time. Think about what you want uh, for Christmas, But here's what John the Baptist wanted. He did not want the spotlight. John the Baptist did not want the spotlight uh, in his life, uh, on his life. John chapter 1, verse 8, this is what uh, John the Apostle writes, that John the Baptist was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. So John came and uh, preaching, and he was not about himself, but he was all about Jesus. Jesus. He, John the Baptist, wanted to point everyone straight ahead uh, to Jesus. He wanted the spotlight off of himself, which, which is incredible. And here's why that's incredible, the fact that he didn't want the spotlight, because John was in the spotlight. John the Baptist was like a big deal, by the way. From the beginning of his ministry, people thought he was the Messiah even in John chapter 1, if we keep uh, reading, uh, the, all the religious establishment of the day came uh, to see what was going on out there in the wilderness, and, uh, and they, they wondered if he was the Christ. Some people thought that John the Baptist was more important than uh, Jesus, and, uh, it, and thousands and thousands of people flocked to um, John the Baptist. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse 5 and 6. It says, then people from Jerusalem and all Judea and all the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, river confessing their sins, right? So, news about John the Baptist had been spreading all around and so for news to reach the capital and for all the politicians and the preachers to go out and see what was going on, man, he he was a big deal. He was like viral. Um. I think I have a picture here of, of this, a painting that kind of portrays this. Right, it was done in the 1500s by a Dutch painter, a guy named Peter uh, Bruegel. And, and you can see, this, this, is, this was a big deal. There were people from all around flocking to uh, John the Baptist and, and, and his message. He was uh, in the headlines. John the Baptist was that man. But here's the deal about John the Baptist. He wanted everyone to recognize the man Jesus. And he says this in John chapter 3 uh, later on. This is what he says. He, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. Right? Jesus has got to increase in fame and glory. I want everyone to, to see him, to know him, to recognize him. I don't want anyone to uh, acknowledge me. That means that John wasn't the light. You know what? Neither are we. We're not the light. We are not uh, the spotlight. John the Apostle here in in the Gospel of John uh, goes to great pains to show there's a sharp distinction between Jesus and uh, John. John came into the world preaching, right? But we saw in John chapter 1 that Jesus has always been there. John was born, right? John came. Jesus always existed, He has existed as eternal God, right? By the way, we are not eternal. We are not eternal beings. We are not the light. We are temporal. You had a beginning. You had a birthday. So did I. We're celebrating celebrating my birthday uh, next week. You you have a birthday. Jesus has always uh, existed. We are dependent creatures. You're needy, by the way. You have all kinds of needs, just like the oxygen you're breathing in right now, every second, every beat of your heart. Right? Think about all the things that you need to survive. Jesus needs none of them. Right? He, he is uh, self-sufficient uh, in himself. Um, he has life in himself. What came before Jesus, by the way? John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was Jesus. When everything began... The start of everything, Jesus was the cause of that. He, he's, he is the first cause of, of all of reality. The Bible says that Jesus is before all things. We are contingent beings. Your existence is contingent on the existence of Jesus. So you are because Jesus is. You have breath in your lungs because He's there. You are where you're at right now because of the reality of Jesus. We're just mere mortals. We're mere, mere uh, men. And, and, and this is what John the Apostle is trying to show us about Jesus and John the Baptist. John was not the light. Jesus is. We are not the light. Light in the Bible is a moral thing, by the way. Light, good. Darkness is evil. Light in the Bible means moral purity and absolute goodness. So John, uh, he wrote a couple other letters uh, later on in the second part of the Bible, the New Testament, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. There were letters to Christians, a letter to the churches explaining uh, more about uh, the meaning of, uh, of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished for us. Look at John 1 John chapter 1, uh, verse 5. This is the message that we've heard from him, Jesus, and declared to you, God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. See that? Darkness uh, in the scriptures, and especially in in John's writing, is referring to morality, goodness, righteousness, purity, holiness. So John is saying, listen, there's darkness out there in the world. There's darkness uh, within us. But this is not really the assumption of the modern world uh, that that we live in. We assume in today's uh, society that there is light in here Within us, but there's darkness out there. There's people out there that are, that, are, that are evil. There's wickedness out there. There's darkness in the world, but not in me. I want to give you a couple examples of this. So uh, I uh, typed into Google, right? Typed into Google search. Human beings are. And then the auto search populated. You never guess the fir- the, how they completed that sentence, human beings are. The, what populated the first search was... Basically good. Human beings are innately good is what thousands and thousands and millions of people are are searching on Google. This means this is how we think. Uh, Here's another example. Uh, Luke Bryan, uh, the country singer, uh, has a song that basically says this, titled, Most People Are Basically Good. Uh, It's the title of a song. Uh, First of all, no, we're not. We are not basically good. Second of all, this song <laughs> proves the point because it's not a very good song uh, at all, right? Uh, so this is what he says in the song, right? Uh, I believe this world ain't half as bad as it looks. So I look out and I see a lot of bad, but it's really not that bad. I believe that most people are good. First of all, that doesn't even make sense. If I'm looking out in the world and I'm seeing a lot of bad, maybe there, are, there is some bad out there. Maybe there is some uh, wickedness. But this is how we think about it, isn't it? And I'll tell you, this is how we think about people in our community. We got good people out here, don't we? They're a good person. They're a good guy. But we're not the light. Why do we assume that there's light in here? There's goodness uh, within us? Why do we just make that assumption? Why do we assume that most people are, most people are good? Why, despite what we confess with our mouth, and what our eyes see its not half as bad as the way it looks, right? Do we think that most people are good? Why, why do we think we just have a good heart? Why do we disagree with Jesus on this and think that we're smarter than Jesus? Because Jesus, Jesus doesn't agree with the statement, most people uh, are good. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Jesus, when he uh, was approached by this, this, this rich guy, came, this rich guy approached Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, what do I got to do to inherit the good life? What do I got to do to uh, have eternal life? This is what Jesus said. And this guy said, hey, good teacher, what do I got to do? Luke chapter 18, verse 19. Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, no one is good except God alone. This is is the way Jesus sees um, humanity. No one is good except God alone. Here's the answer to the questions that I just asked. Why do we assume there's light within and and there's dark without? It it is a way for us to stay in the darkness and not take responsibility for our actions. Other people have darkness in their lives, and there's darkness in the world, but not me. God knows my heart. He He knows I'm a good person. If I've got no darkness, then no one can blame me for anything, can they? And here's here's what we do a lot of times in our society today, too. We we just change the definition. Jesus says, that's not good. That is darkness right there. And we say, well, Jesus, you got the wrong definition. That's actually light right there. You know, the things that God calls dark and the things that God calls evil, we just, we got a different dictionary than Jesus. I'll show you this. uh, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. right? And see, this type of thing is like, a, is like a get out of darkness free card. But you know what? That's not how it works according to Jesus. Life is not monopoly uh, according to uh, Jesus. And you know what's sad about all this? Uh, thinking that there's light within and redefining what is light and what, uh, what is darkness is we miss out all this effort and all this energy trying to find the light within, you know, we miss out on the true light that is in Jesus. Uh, that's the saddest thing uh, about all this. And, you know, Christians of the past, they had a phrase for all this. Uh, Christians like uh, uh, Augustine, uh, they had a Latin uh, uh, phrase for this. Is anybody into Latin? Okay. All right. Uh, here's the phrase, incurvitus in se. This is how they describe this looking for light within. It basically meant being curved in on yourself, being bent inward on yourself. So uh, Christians of the past say this is the natural state of humanity is to think we're a whole lot better than we are uh, and to make life all about ourselves. It means to be bent inward. Oh, there's plenty of light within here, but there's a lot of darkness uh, out there. Why do you think that John the Baptist wanted to direct all the attention away from himself to Jesus? He didn't want, he didn't want the spotlight, but he wanted to put the spotlight on Jesus. Here's, here's what I think. I think that he knew the darkness of his own heart, and he saw the light in his relative Jesus. I think that's what he saw. He saw, man, there's a whole lot of darkness within myself, and I need this man right here. I need the light that is shining through this guy right here. And just like, that's just like every Christian who's ever existed. Look at what uh, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the, uh, the church at Ephesus, and he was t- trying to tell them about the Christian life and what had happened to them and what it means to be a Christian. Look what he says here in, Eph- in Ephesians chapter 5. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Every Christian who has ever existed is able to acknowledge this right here. At one time, I was in the darkness, but now I've been brought into the light. As a matter of fact, the Colossians says this, that, that Jesus has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transplanted us into the kingdom of light. If you can't acknowledge that right there, you're not a Christian. Can you acknowledge that at one time you were in the darkness and that Jesus brought you uh, into uh, the light And this is why uh, John didn't want the spotlight. He wanted everyone to see Jesus because he knew that Jesus was the Lamb of God, this perfect, pure, beautiful, spotless Lamb that was slaughtered at the cross for all of our darkness, for all all of our sin, all of our twistedness, and all of our nastiness. And he wanted the spotlight to be on Jesus. And you know what? So should we. This is what we should want for Christmas. Right? Not about me. I don't want the spotlight. I want it all to be pointed uh, to Jesus because we're not the light and Jesus is. Second, let's talk about the gifts that we truly need this Christmas. What is it that you truly need uh, during this Christmas season? You know what? Our Father, God the Father, (laughs) gives us so many wonderful gifts. Right? He he is an amazing uh, gift. gift. He gives us what we truly need. Uh, Look at this in uh, James chapter 1 Verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the lights, who does not change like shifting sh- shadows. Every good and perfect gift that we have in our life comes down from above, from God, God the Father. And this is why we give gifts during the Christmas season, right? We give gifts because we can't outgive God. He is such a wonderful uh, giver. He has given us uh, so much. Um, I mean, He did give us Jesus, by the way. That's, pretty, that's a pretty incredible gift. God the Father gave us his son, the Lord Jesus, as a gift. And Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. He's like those, uh, those little Russian nesting dolls. Has anybody got one of those? All right, you open it up and there's like 10 other little things in there until you get down uh, to the last one. The gift of Jesus is like that. He comes with other gifts uh, tucked uh, with inside of him. The greatest gift of all is being able to recognize the darkness within your own heart, the sin that is within your own life, and to see the light that is in Christ. To see Jesus coming and being born into this world, living, having a ministry of preaching, teaching miracles, all of our darkness being absorbed in Him at the cross, and Him dying and being buried, and Him resurrecting from the dead, Him ascending into heaven, and Him coming to uh, return again one day and to fill this world for the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Right, that's the greatest gift of all. But there's so many other wonderful gifts that, that, that are tucked in, uh, inside of that. Here's, here's the deal. What we need this Christmas has already been given to us in Jesus. Let's talk about a couple of things. Is that okay? You guys okay with that? Okay. All right. Let's, number one, credentials. You got credentials in Jesus. This is amazing. John had credentials. Look at uh, verse six of our passage. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. You see, John's mission, his credentials came from God and not from a man. And this is really uh, one of the major themes in the Gospel of John, in the book of John, is being sent. is being being sent. God sent John the Baptist to be the forerunner uh, of the Messiah, but he also sent uh, his son. He sent Jesus into the world. Save us from our sins. Give us eternal life. God sent Jesus into the world to give you the good life. Life as it was always meant to be lived. This is why God sent Jesus into the world, so that we might have eternal life. So John and Jesus had credentials uh, from God they didn't ask nobody for permission. You know, they didn't, they didn't ask some uh, group of people and, you know, they weren't voted into, um, they weren't hired or anything like that. God put his stamp of approval on them and gave them uh, their, their credentials. Um, a friend of mine uh, was gifted with credentials one time to get into the pit area at a NASCAR race. And uh, he, he was given two of them, right? He gave, he gave the, the, the other one uh, to me. Now, I'd never been to a NASCAR race uh, before, but we had, we had these lanyards, right? We had these little little things on there that said that we had credentials, and man, we, we had a great time with that, by the way, right? We thought we were a big deal because we had the credentials, right? We, we, got, this, we got this guy, had this really sweet golf cart and drove us all around, and we were, we were telling him we had credentials and stuff, and we got into the, with the pit crew. Was, we were eating all their food and everything, and we just had a blast with him, right? Because we were credentialed. If you are a Christian, you have been given credentials in Jesus. Did you know that? You are sent, just like John the Baptist, just like Jesus, into this world. This is what Jesus said. I'll show you this. John chapter 20, verse 21. After Jesus had been risen from the dead, this is what he said to his disciples. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. You have been credentialed by Jesus to go out into this community, into your home, to point everybody back to Jesus. What a gift. What what a gift uh, from God. This This is your purpose. This is your mission in life is to do the same thing that John the Baptist did. We're not the light, but Jesus is. To direct everyone to him, point everyone uh, back to him. And these credentials, this mission that we have been given as Christians comes from your identity in Christ, who you are. When you become a Christian, you are gifted by God with a new identity and no longer in the darkness. For Once you were darkness and now you are light in the Lord, that's who you are. Look at what uh, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 14. Look at this. This is who you are as a Christian. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. Right? You, you, your, your identity is not meant to be covered up. You're, you're meant to be at the top of the hill, a pinnacle, not to be uh, shaded or anything like that. in Christ, when you become united to Jesus as a Christian, his light is able to shine through you now. And that is a beautiful thing. That is a wonderful wonderful, wonderful gift. Think about this. Jesus hand-selected, hand-picked you to represent him. Is there any greater honor that could be given to anyone on the face of the earth? That Jesus would gift you. That he, in his grace, would choose you to serve him and to represent, uh, to represent him. That is amazing. Number two, what do you need this Christmas? Well, you need those credentials. That's pretty amazing, by the way. You also need commands. Commands. God commanded John to go and to be a witness. Look at this in verse 7. John came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. And witness is one of those, another one of those key concepts in, in the Gospel of John, in the in the book of John. In the first couple of chapters, there are 10 repeated witness uh, references to the witness of John. I think he's trying to tell us something. And we're going to see this. Throughout the book of John, John, this is amazing. It is so beautifully written. There are seven witnesses that testify about the truth of Jesus. That is incredible. Right? He's trying to show us here that witness matters. Witness matters. What do witnesses do, by the way? What do they do in a court case? They come up to the witness stand, and they testify about the truth. They testify about the facts, about what they saw, about what happened. And what do what do, what do uh, uh, lawyers and attorneys, what are they trying to do with those witnesses? They're trying to mount a case, uh, a case of evidence, so that a verdict might be reached uh, from a jury. Uh, a, 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 a jury. This is what John is trying to do in his book. Um, I went to a court case uh, this past week and uh, there was a young man who took the, uh, took the witness stand and uh, the attorney asked him, are you nervous? And he said yes. Right? He, said, he said yes, he was nervous, right? Because it takes, it takes courage, right? That is, that is a nerve-wracking thing to take a witness stand in front of all of these people, jury. I feel nervous just walking into a courtroom uh, I don't know about you, maybe that says something about uh, my past, but <laughs> some of y'all can relate to uh, what I'm saying. It takes courage and commitment to be a witness. And you know what? This is exactly what happens when someone gets baptized, which we're going to be celebrating uh, next um, Sunday. Think about when someone comes up here and they are, get into the waters of baptism, they are taking the witness stand. They are up here testifying about what they believe about Jesus Right? They were being, testifying about the light that is in, is in Jesus. And uh, you know, John the Baptist, this is the why he's called John the Baptist, because he was baptizing people. You know? And that took a lot of courage and a lot of commitment for him to do that. But you know what? All the, those droves of people and all those thousands of people that came to be baptized by him in front of everybody, right? that took a lot of boldness and courage and commitment as well. You know, this is, this is what we are commanded to do as a church. This is what we are sent to do. This is why we started this church, so that people might come to believe the light that is in Christ. They might come to uh, belong to him, and we might baptize them up here as a testimony to this whole community, to this whole watching world of the truth that has been Jesus. Right? That we might welcome them into the church and that we might help them grow and to be disciples of Christ. So here's my qu- qu- question. Do you need to come to see the light that is in Christ here this morning? People have been loving on you. They've been welcoming you. You are here for some reason here this morning. Have you come to see the light that is in Christ? We are here just like John the Baptist saying we're not the light Jesus is. This is what we're doing. But do you see the light that is in Christ? Because it's shining. question is, do you see it? Have you come to receive it? And do you need to get baptized here next Sunday? This is what Jesus, your Lord, is commanding you. We are trying to be obedient to him. But do you need to follow in obedience? Uh, my in-laws are, are coming in town today, and, uh, which is amazing. This is a blessing. I heard someone say, uh-oh. Uh, no, no. They, uh, they uh, gifted us, uh, me and my wife, with a trip to Pittsburgh, going to Pittsburgh. I'm going to stay in the hotel and go out to eat. I'm going to make my father-in-law pay for it all, and uh, he's going to put ga- gas in my tank, and we're going to see uh, Billy Strings in concert, right, a bluegrass artist, and we're going, to have, we're going to have a blast. That's a pretty incredible gift, isn't it? That's very nice of my, in- of my in-laws. Listen, listen, aren't God's commands such an incredible gift? There's a reason I asked that I knew you would get quiet when I asked that question. Isn't it such a gift, the fact that God gets to tell you what to do? Let me tell you, it is. We don't, a lot of Christians in our world today don't see it like that, but all of God's commands are an incredible blessing. They're not darkness. They're, they're light. Look at, look at how the psalmist thought about this, Psalm 119. This is just one simple example, 119, 14, to 15. I have rejoiced in your laws, in your commandments, as much as in riches. Do you see that? I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. This is how you need to think about it as well. Everything that God tells you to do is like a heap and pile of money. It's the greatest gift of all. You see, the gift of Jesus comes with the gift of His commands what an amazing gift, right? That God graciously gives us instruction on how we should actually live. Right? God didn't just forgive us and save us and bring us into his kingdom and say, "All right, figure it out. No, he says, okay, this is how you should do it. This is the darkness over here. Don't do that. This is the light right here. Do all this stuff right here. Right? And you know what? We don't obey God's commands to earn his gifts, right? See, a lot of of you have heard, this is what the Christian life is about, that if you keep God's commands, then he'll love you and he'll bless you. And that is not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is light has come into the world. And if you see the light that is in Christ, you'll you'll want to live exactly how John the Baptist lived. Tell me, Lord, tell me, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it because I'm unworthy to untie your, your, your sandals. I'm unworthy to tie your shoes, but you know what? I want to do whatever it is you want me to do. Right? We don't do God's commands, obey them to earn His gifts because He's already given us the best gift which is all of His love, all of His mercy, all of His forgiveness, and all of His grace in Jesus. Right? So You should want to see the commandments of God as a heap and pile of cash, right? They are riches, treasure, gold, right? This is what God has gifted us. Well, what do you need? (laughs) He's already given us so much in in Christ. So what was John commanded to do? What what was John commanded to do? Let's look at verse 7 again. He came as a witness, look at this, to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. So John was commanded to testify about the light. John was commanded to give a testimonial, right? Think about it like an online review, right? John, we, we as Christians are commanded to give Jesus an online review. And you know what we're commanded to do? Five stars. Jesus is the light. You know, we, got, we write the review, we, we, we put him at five stars, and then we write, he is the light. He is the light, Right? He has been so kind to me. He's been so good to me. He's been so he's forgiven me. He's brought me into the light and out of the darkness. Five-star review every time. We are commanded by God to demonstrate with our lives and with our words that Jesus is the light. This is what we're called to do. We are commanded to testify. What does that look like? We are to show that there is good news of great joy for all people in the cross of Christ, in Jesus. Uh, I was turned on to uh, West Virginia Radio on uh, YouTube, which is amazing. By the way. got all these country singers on, on there that really a lot of people haven't heard of. And uh, uh, there was an old hillbilly uh, singer on there that was telling all these stories, and he was talking about his faith in Jesus. And he said something that, that, that stuck with me. He said... He said, carry your testimony with you wherever you go. I like that. That's good. So you, when you leave your house, you take your testimony about Jesus being the light, and you carry that with you to food line or to work. Wherever you go, you're taking that testimony. And you, when you carry that, you're showing everybody with your lifestyle and with the words that come out of your mouth that Jesus is the light and, and not us. Wherever you go, take your testimony with you. What, what is our testimony about Christmas, by the way? What are we taking the witness stand and saying, okay, this is the Christmas message? What, what are we testifying? What are, what are we saying? Well, let's look at it. Let's look at the first Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. When, when the shepherds were out there in the field in the darkness at night, and the angels came to them, this is what they said. That's what the angel said. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. Or look, I proclaim to you good news. To you, good news of great joy that will be for all people. Because today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. All right. So let's 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 look at a couple things here from that passage. What is our testimony about Christmas? First, what does it look like to pick it up and to carry it with us? Number one, it is to not be afraid. There is no need to fear. What is it? What is your your darkest fear in your life right now? What is it that if it would happen to your life, you'd be most scared of? Maybe it's losing a loved one or getting sick or losing your job or or, or whatever it is. What is What is your greatest fear? What are you worried about right now? What keeps you up at night, thinking you're anxious about? That's fear, right? The Christmas message is there is every reason not to worry about that. There is every reason not to fear because a Savior has been born in that darkness. Whatever it is in your life. Maybe it's the darkness within. Some sin. Some evil that you struggle with. You can't get victory over. The Christmas message is light has come into the world in Christ. Savior has been born. Um, That Trial that I went to, the court case that I went and set in on this week was uh, the murder of a close friend of mine uh, growing up, and uh, it was it was a uh, um, he was stabbed here in the community uh, to death uh, last summer, and uh, this is someone I loved and grew up with, like I said, it was one of my uh, best friends, and you know that's dark. It was very dark, by the way, but you know what? I was reminded as I sit in there that light has come into the world in Christ. Apart from Jesus, I would be in the darkness. I would be lost and without hope thinking about something like that. What type of hope is there for a situation like that? For a family that is grieving, for a community uh, that is, is grieving? You know what? On that first Easter morning, you you know, when when that stone was rolled over the tomb of Jesus uh, by all those soldiers, that tomb was rolled away by a glorious angel full of light, and light entered into that tomb where the body of Jesus was. But you know what? That dead body got up, walked out, and he did not go back, by the way. That man, the light of the world Jesus, was around for 40 days and appeared to over 500 people and then he ascended into heaven and we're waiting on him. There's no need to fear. Look at, look at verse uh, John chapter 1 verse 9. Last verse here in our passage. The true light that gives light to everyone. That is so cool. right? Jesus is able to give you light. He's able to get down into the nooks and crevices of the darkness of your own heart and to shed light upon it and to change you from the inside out. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Here's the good news. He did. He was born of the Virgin Mary, right? His light was full of light, full of life. So we carry our testimony by obeying God's word to not be afraid because Jesus is the true light. You want to know how you can be a, a, a wonderful, beautiful testimony, carry your testimony with you? out in here in the community, just don't be afraid of what everybody else is afraid of. Because you believe in Jesus. There, you, we ought to be the most courageous, bold people, unafraid, even as we look death square in the face. Right? We don't have to be afraid. Because Jesus Jesus has already come into the world. He's already conquered all of these things. Second, what what do we get out of this little story about the angels showing up to the the shepherds? Our testimony is that because of the birth of Jesus, we have every reason to celebrate this Christmas. Yes! We ought to be celebrating. We We ought to pick that celebration up and carry it with us wherever we go. Yeah. That's what, a, what does it look like to be a testimony uh, in your life and in your home and in your community? Well, you got to celebrate because the world's a dark place. You will stand out. I was talking with a local businessman at, at the gym uh, uh, this past week, and he said, you know what? His job has gotten a lot harder over the past 10 years. And I said, why is that? He said, because everyone's upset and tense. And and we can sympathize with that, right? Our world is different. Our world has gotten darker. And you know what I said? I stepped back and I said, not me, sir. Not me. Merry Christmas to you, right? Merry Christmas to you, right? Because we ought to be celebrating, right? We ought to be blessing everyone, telling everyone Merry Christmas and just being being holly and jolly, right? Because we got all kinds of things uh, to, to celebrate. We can and should celebrate with the material things of Christmas. Listen, you're not a ghost. You are not just some spirit floating around this world. You live in a real world. Jesus assumed a real physical body, right? And he celebrated, he broke bread with people, you know? So we got to celebrate with the physical stuff of Christmas as well, whatever that is, fudge, I don't know, turkey. Get you a turkey leg and bite a hole in that thing and thank God for the birth the birth of Jesus. And all the, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. And you know what? Thousands and millions of those things are just tangible things. You know, a hug from a family member. You know, a, a gift given in love to, uh, to someone. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve, coming in here a little bit early and getting me a nice cake donut with a hot cup of coffee and celebrating the birth of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to Christmas morning celebrating the birth of Jesus with a pie. Right, I'm looking forward to celebrating Christmas with ham, because Jesus says it's good. He's the creator of all things. Right? You know, Christians, we ought to be the ones that show everyone how to do this. We ought to teach them. This is the way you celebrate Christmas without sin, because you know what? Uh, following Christmas, they're, they're all going to be sad. They're all going to be let down. They're all going to be empty. But you you have the light. I'm looking forward to Christmas Day celebrating the birth of Jesus with a good glass of red wine without sin. Amen and amen. We ought to lighten up a little bit as Christians. We ought to celebrate. And we ought to celebrate We've got to celebrate. Let me ask you this question I want you to think about. It. Would anyone think that Jesus was good news of great joy by looking at the way you celebrate Christmas this season? Would they? Would they just be able to look at the testimony that you're carrying on Christmas and throughout this season and say, man, I don't know, it seems like that person's got good news of great joy in their life. Would they be able to see that? I hope that they would be able to come to my house and knock on my door on Christmas morning. Don't do that, by the way. Come to my house Christmas morning, all right? And they come in and say, man, this house is full of good news of great joy, right? Because Ricky's got that, that slice of ham on his plate and the mashed potatoes and uh, cranberry sauce or whatever it is. Carrying your testimony with you has a purpose, by the way. Look, look at what it says here in verse 7. John the Baptist came to testify about the light. Why? So that all might believe through him. See that? This is why we do it. This is why we're here. This is why God has picked you, hand-selected you, so that all might see the light through you. You are like a scope on a gun. That's, That's what you are. You are a scope. People are meant to look through you at the thing that you're trying to magnify. And as Christians, we're trying to magnify Jesus. We want everyone to look through us. We're not the light. I want you to see him. We want everyone to see uh, Jesus through us. And we carry our testimony, key word here, so that all might believe. Listen, you know what? The darkness is pretty dark. I would imagine that, that back in the day when, when people looked at my life, they would probably say, that one right there is in the darkness. The light can't touch him. But you know what? There is no person. There. Think about the person that you think, no way. That person will never come to light. You know, you, know how, you know how much effort it took for me to become a Christian? One time. One person told me about Jesus. My life has been changed forever. All you got to do is just open your lips and tell someone, listen, it ain't about me, it's about him. I'm a sinner, I'm very imperfect, but I, I do know the light uh, that is in Christ. Yes, listen, if we don't tell them who's going to do it. You know, this is why we started this church, right? We started this church out of a burden. This, this is the reason that we started this church. I was at a funeral of a friend of mine who died over here, and I thought. I looked out at my friends, I thought, who is going to tell them? This is why you exist. This is why you're here in this community. To open your lips and your life and your home and to say, it's about Jesus. It's about Him. Go back to that picture here, real quick. Now, if you can see up here, John the Baptist in the brown, right? And you see him pointing his hand out here? He's wanting everyone, he's pointing everyone to Jesus who is standing there in the blue. You see that? And it's a beautiful, creative. Uh, depiction of John the Baptist's ministry here. And all these people are the people of, of the painter's day. And he want, the, the, the creative uh, depiction here is John wanted everyone to know about Jesus. He was pointing everyone away from himself to Jesus. Uh, and it, this is in the uh, Museum of Fine Arts in uh, Budapest, Hungary. And I, I want you to hear what the, uh, the museum wrote about this event. Here, we have this. Here, the whole world draws up in captivating diversity. So the museum is saying that this painting is showing us that the whole world needs to come to Jesus. All. So that all might believe. All these different types of people, nobles in the painting, nobles and priests and soldiers and burghers and peasants, flemings, Spaniards, Jews, gypsies, Turks, the healthy and the infirm. All, all, all might believe. Every sense, all of our senses, taste, touch, sight, sound, is pervaded by the recognition, this is a kind of a special moment right here. Jesus saying, Here he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That the Redeemer, Jesus, as the prophet says, like the prophet Isaiah we read this morning, stands, Jesus stands there in the crowd. And if he has not yet announced himself as the light of the world, the time when he will do so is near. And he did. Jesus came, and he is the true light that gives light to everyone. He's already come. This is what we celebrate this season as we await the day when light cracks the sky and he returns for his people. And you know what? The gift of being able to take our testimony with us wherever we go, man, that's a good life. (laughs) That is an adventure. That is an incredible gift that God would want to work through you in this world, right? And that's what we want to celebrate.